Welcome to the Estates Made Simple podcast. We are excited to be here again today talking about all things estate administration. I'm Jenna Carvello with Guardian Estate Company and our co-host is Gordon Vanderleek of Vanderleek Law. Thank you for joining us and we're going to talk about some exciting stuff today. Before we get into the topic, just a little disclaimer that this is not legal tax or financial advice. It's just a chat between two passionate professionals and so if you have a specific scenario you'd like to discuss, please seek your own advice regarding your own scenario. Well said. And yeah, a pleasure to be here and talk about the executor's year. So that's the topic for today. What is the executor's year and why does it matter? Why is it relevant? What is this concept that is there? So maybe let, let me kick off the conversation just to say that if you look at some of the case law or generally on any material regarding a state administration, you may have heard of this executor's year. What does this mean? So the idea would be that I think over the years, that there's this discussion of within a year of the date of death, you should be distributing the estate. And so it, it gave rise to that executor's year. Where it becomes relevant is in a context where somebody's complaining about, well, the estate is taking too long. And that can be a concern. There, there. I, I was giving a talk this past week, and one of the questions from the audience was, well, how long does an estate normally take? And because they were a beneficiary of the estate and wondering, mm -hmm. well, okay, where where do I stand, right? Is you know, so the concept of the executor's year would be to say, okay, it's you need to move the estate forward, and and the reality is, if it takes longer than a year from the date of death, there ought to be a decent explanation as to why that is the case. Now, if we go back to legal principles, what's interesting when when the Estate Administration Act came into effect a number of years ago, the phrase executor's year didn't make it into the legislation. Mm -hmm. But it does did create the obligation. It's actually for those that want to nerd out on this stuff, Section 5, Sub 1, Sub B of the Estate Administration Act that says one of the duties, the responsibilities, it's a must. The, the personal representative must distribute the estate as soon as practicable. So what I see as a practitioner in this area is that there's a wide variety of cases. I mean, you may have complex business assets and tax issues that requires a long time to deal with CRA before you can distribute. You know, you might have litigation, which is going to take some time more than a year to potentially resolve if there's some legal interpretation issues that require the direction of the court or contentious beneficiaries fights about matters uh, that could go beyond a year. So it's not a hard and fast rule to say, well, you have to wrap it up in a year. But certainly if you look at a typical simple estate, there might be every good reason why you would want to do it, you know, within within that first year. The longer the estate is open, the more every year the, the estate is open, you have to file a tax return. So if right. you take, if you slip into the second year, well, now you're going to get an extra bill from the accountant. Well, there better be a good explanation why that was the case. Now, maybe it's things like, well, probate took longer or, you know, all sorts of reasons. The point being that you want to be mindful as the executor to be able to say, hey, I need to move things forward in a timely manner. And, you know, how I counsel clients would be to say, you know, get as much done as you can in that first year. If you can keep things moving forward and there's maybe a smaller to-do list that spills into the second year, that's part of your report to the beneficiaries of going, well, I, I got this much done. And I think that's consistent with the duty to distribute as soon as practicable. So the law doesn't say, obviously, it has to be within a year. But there is this concept that a disgruntled beneficiary is likely to raise in a court of law to say, well, you know, there wasn't a distribution. Things didn't happen within the 
the executor's year and the judge is going to make note of that. Uh, there may be an, an answer to it. So that's sort of the concept of that executor's year is to note what can be done within the first year. And if it can be wrapped up, then you must do that. In other words, you're going to be, if it's going to take longer, you are definitely have to have a good reason why it's taking longer to administer the estate. But the if you look at the Estate Administration Act, it, it, it of course can't be that specific to say every estate has to wrap up in a year because of course that that there may be lots of reasons and I've given some examples where that's just that is not practicable because you know there would be liability on the part of the executor to do a distribution too early right and before dealing with the issues that are that are outstanding what was your when you were working with the with the trust companies as a as a trust officers how did you handle or I guess was there a difference between dealing with residual beneficiaries those who are entitled to the remainder of the estate in their mm-hmm. proportions and those that had a specific gift like maybe a charity says here's $10,000 or you give you know this person gets a fixed amount of money mm-hmm. uh, sometimes referred to as non-residual beneficiaries or legatees there's a specific gift was that dealt with differently in your in your experience I would say the short answer is yes you know practically speaking most of the estates would take longer than 12 months I mean the bulk of the administration can can be complete in the first 12 months, but there's there could be a few minor matters to wrap up. Waiting for the clearance certificate from CRA is is one that can take significant time, many, many months. And so within the first year, I would say all else being calm and equal and, and normal, payment of legacy payments should be made. And we would always try to do that within the first year because the, there's no question of the amount that is to be paid. It's set in stone. It's it's in the will, 10,000, 20,000, what have you. And that's there's no negotiation there. With respect to the residual payments, those beneficiaries receiving an interest, a percentage interest in the estate, there's a little bit more responsibility that goes into administering the residual share and determining the final amount being paid to the beneficiaries. So I would say for our executive listening, you can always do an interim distribution when part of the estate administration is complete. And that might be, and you know, subject to different facts of the estate, that might be after the first tax return is complete, after you've received probate, and after you're confident there's no further debts or claims to be made against the estate. You might decide to do a portion of a, of a distribution to the beneficiaries. And then the final amount might come after you've received the final clearance certificate from CRA. And I think that's a nice bridge in keeping the beneficiaries happy while fulfilling your your obligations to ensure that that all the debts and claims are are paid before dispersing. Exactly. And that longer the period of time is where you're doing a distribution, the greater the burden to satisfy that you're acting prudently and mm-hmm. and you are fulfilling your your responsibilities because a disgruntled beneficiary is going to cite section 5 sub 1 sub B saying they're not, you know, the executor's not doing that. And if it's really, really bad, it may even move to the point where the person gets removed or there may be costs against the person to be able to, to be able to do this. So I think I like what you're saying in terms of the interim distribution. There can be people who make specific claims against the estate within six months of the date of the, not the date of death, the date of the grant of probate. There's that limitation period. One of the benefits of going through probate is you start that limitation 
period running. And if people don't make a claim, then you can do a distribution. So what I do see on a practical basis is a lot of times there that interim distribution could happen, as you suggest, between that six and 12 months. But if the executive years talks about 12 months from the, the date of death, so that sort of correlates with assuming that there's nobody that can make a claim that it would be prudent and appropriate for the executor to do a distribution because beneficiaries are, are entitled to get their interest in the estate as soon as practicable, to use the wording of the Estate Administration Act, right? That they, if you don't respond, you don't do that distribution, there's potential liability. Put another way, if it's taking longer than expected, you had best communicate those reasons to the beneficiaries and make them aware of, well, I can't do it quite yet because we're waiting for that final clearance certificate, but I'm going to distribute this amount now, right? Mm -hmm. and, and do that, which is also prudent in terms of making sure that if people come after the six months, that they can only claim against what's left in the estate. So doing distributions in a timely way also is in a form of creditor proofing that that it protects the beneficiaries that way. Because if you don't do that and some a claim does come up, well, that affects the beneficiary and they're going to say, well, how come you didn't do it within the executor's year? Again, it's that concept that's, that's going to get the attention of the courts and give rise to a potential dispute and sometimes some liability, right, the, for that. So you'd want to make sure you move it as quickly as you can. And that's where I think for a lot of people, the whole estate administration area has a level of complexity that just takes it out of the do-it-yourself category and should be something that you get advice on for these things to say, well, what is appropriate, right? Because legal counsel, other advisors can protect and you could say, well, I can't distribute because the legal advice would be I'm not ready to do that yet. So that'll that'll protect. And this is part of the discussion that you need to have uh, about moving the estate forward as, as quickly as possible with a good communication strategy with the beneficiaries. Yeah. Well, and you speak you speak about liability, too, of making payments that are delayed. And, and part of that liability could be that the beneficiaries are entitled to interest after that one year yes. period. So if you're holding something that should be going to the beneficiaries, without reasonable information or without reasonable, I don't know what word I'm I'm Pause, thinking of, I but suppose, clock, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, then then you might be forced to pay interest to the beneficiaries so that they, they can benefit from their gift. I've been involved in a case of representing the executors against a claim. Mm -hmm. And as I'm thinking back to the material they filed with the court, they cited the executor's year and they were yeah. claiming interest, right? So it's a very good point to, to remember that there, that may be money coming out of your pocket or it's grinding down what would be other Otherwise, your compensation. So, so we want to be mindful of moving things forward on the estate, and obviously getting appropriate advice along the way as to that balance between you want to protect yourself. So, when's the right time to do an interim distribution consistent with your legal obligations to report and deliver uh, to the beneficiaries their interest in the estate, but yet not doing that in a way that puts the executor at risk. Right. right. Well, and so I think that, in today's interest rates environment too, that that interest could be quite significant. And it could add up very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. And that was on that other case, because when I took over the case, it was seven years from the date of death. Wow. And and the numbers were big that yeah. were being claimed. Right. So it it was very disconcerting for the executor that there was a lot of potential liability there. And, and there were big dollars, right, that was mm -hmm. going to affect her retirement if the other side was successful. I think we got a good result in that case, but it was the stress of having to go through the court system and deal with that and all the legal costs was was quite significant and, and uh, lots of sleepless nights for her. So those would be cases where you want to make sure you avoid that and yeah, just make sure that uh, you keep things moving forward. Uh, that's been a good discussion. Thanks, Jenna, for that. For our listeners, we appreciate you listening in on our conversation and we hope that this was of some help. Feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts 
follow us on the YouTube channel and reach out to us if there's questions. If there's topics you'd like us to cover that we haven't yet, feel free to let us know and we'd be delighted to have any conversations about talking about this or any other topic in more detail if that's appropriate. So thank you for your time today and we look forward to our next conversation and uh, stay safe, stay warm and be well, Jenna. <laughs> Until you the too, next Gordon. Time. We'll thank talk you. soon.